As promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. Update for Brisbane Australian True Crime fans. Brisbane is almost fully sold out for our live show. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so, you know, we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian true crime live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today, and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The producers of this podcast recognise the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. The following podcast contains content of a graphic, violent nature and is not suitable for children. I've seen some ugly things where it's made you question humanity, but... As most prison officers learn to compartmentalise and you just have to put certain things that happen out of your mind because if you don't and you let it play over, it'll drive you crazy. I think 
think a lot of us want to make a difference when we're at our workplaces, and some places are easier and harder than others to do this. For this episode, we speak with Angela Feeney, a corrections officer in New South Wales, who's been in the job for 27 years. Angela's worked a lot with women inmates. It's something she tells us she swore she'd never do, and you'll hear her explain why. Now she's in a role at the Metropolitan Remand and Reception Centre in Silverwater, and it's more focused on supporting her colleagues. In fact, she's got a pretty interesting job title. You'll have to listen on to find out what it is. This is Australian True Crime with Michelle Laurie and Emily Webb. Come with us as we go beyond the news cycle to find out how people become killers, how people become victims and what happens next. We begin by finding out the first thing Angela does to shake off the day when she steps out of the prison. When we walk out the door, I'm someone who takes my shirt off as soon as I finish my shift. Mm. Not in the car, presumably. Car park. Beg your pardon. <laughs> okay. I have, a, I have a singlet on underneath. Good. Um, and I, I tell a lot of staff a really good way to manage your job and your stress is to take your shirt off and that's your day done. Yeah. Mm. Take it off, you're finished. Yeah. You put your T-shirt on, you're driving home, day is over. Yeah. You'll still think about work, what happened on the way home. A lot of us call our partners or our friends on the way home from work and yeah. you know, have a bit of a chat. That is out of your system. I had someone tell me once he lived across the road from the jail and um, he wanted to transfer back to Long Bay from Silverwater. I said, what is wrong with you? Why do you want to travel to and from work? Are you crazy? And he said, because um, when I finish work here and I go home, I haven't got it out of my system. You can see it. And he said, at least if I go back to the bay when I finish there and I've got that, you know, 40-minute drive mm. home, I can de-stress, get it out of my system. Yes. And when I get home, I'm not a grumpy bugger. Yeah, I get mm. that. There is something to be said for a commute sometimes. Yeah. yeah. What's the best bit of the job? What do you like most about it? Um, I like uh, making a difference. Not just with the inmates, but with the staff as well. Mm. Um, I actually had something really nice happen to me uh, recently. Um, I worked at a, a female jail called Mary Wade a couple of years ago, and um, I had a girl approach me in a shopping centre, and uh, I wasn't sure if she was talking to me, but I saw a girl walking towards me and say hello, and and I said uh, hello. And she said, how are you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Who is this? And then she said, do you remember me? And I looked at her a little more intently and I said, I think so. <laughs> and she said, you looked after me at Mary Wade. And I oh, said, yeah. What a lovely way to put it, by the way. And she said, yeah, looked after. And she said, um, oh, you know, I just really wanted to thank you. You made a difference. And um, Gosh. obviously I'm out now. And um, she said, I work at the hairdresser just around there. <gasps> And I said, oh, right. And I, I couldn't remember her name. And I said, what's your name again? She told me her name. And I, then I remembered, you know, her and I remembered her story. And uh, she'd only come to jail that one time, got tangled up with a, a guy, drugs, mm. you mm. know. And I remember because I did her classification, I decided what her um, classification, her security rating should be. And I would make a recommendation and then um, someone else in classification uh, would make the, the final determination based on my assessment. Does that mean like whether she's high security yes. and minimum yes. or low? Yeah, yep. okay. What'd you go with? Uh, minimum for her. Nice. First mm-hmm. time in jail. She didn't have that long of a sentence. And um, I think we recommended Berrimer or Emu Plains for her, which was a, a minimum security female jail for her to go to. And um, I remember like giving her, I call it the talk, you know, like it's your life, only you can change. I can't do it for you. He or she can't do it for you. It's up to you. You know, you've got to make some serious decisions. You're young. Just mm. all those kinds of things that, 
you know, you say to inmates. Mm. And she did it, you know, and she said, you know, you're never going to see me again and, and I believed her. I do believe mm. her. Yeah. Um, it was a one-time thing for her. Whereas other times you see people and it's just, you know, I, I often joke, you know, we should give inmates a flybys card to oh, on the way in and get points. I know. Sad but true. But I visited a women's prison um, a couple of years ago and it, they were allowed to bring their children or, you know, if yep. under certain conditions, mm-hmm. certain circumstances. Some of those women talked about that being the first time in their lives that they felt that they and their kids were safe, mm-hmm. in a safe environment. Yeah. And they themselves felt that they hadn't grown up in a safe environment and because mm-hmm. they were very young. Is that more prevalent with women? It feels like, I know that statistically women tend to be in prison for drug offences, mm-hmm. right? Yep. More often. Do you think they're more often related to relationships? Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily need to be a relationship like a, a partner type of relationship. Right. It could be... Um, a paternal, maternal type of relationship. Mm. Unfortunately, what I learned when I went to work with the girls, I always swore I would never work in a women's prison and I got a promotion in 2015 and that meant going to the the female jail Mm. and I went straight into the classification role and uh, I quickly learned that 98% of the women that come to jail are the victim of some form of abuse, whether it's mental, physical, sexual, Mm -hmm. um, and it's really heartbreaking, very, very sad. Uh, Occasionally I I would have a girl sit before me who had a great upbringing, who'd never been in trouble before, who'd never, you know, they'd never been yelled at in their life. They'd never had any hardship. But that was a very, a very minute percentage of, of the girls. Most of them were the victims of something terrible happening in their life. Very, very sad. And you you knew after talking to them and you could see that they were always going to end up here. Yeah. And that's sad. And I've spoken to women about then they're experiencing a very severe anxiety mm just before release. Yeah, because they don't know what they're going to go back out to. Mm. And when you said about they feel safe in jail and their kids are with them, um, I totally get that because they're not worried about, you know, a screaming abusive partner or... Mm. No, no home to go to. Yeah, no home to go to. Everything's there for them. Um, and it's, it's and sort the structure. Of, yeah, there's structure. Everything's provided. It, it just, yeah, it's a safe haven. Why were you reluctant to work in a women's prison? Because I have heard other women who work in corrections go, yeah, nah, women's prisons, no way. I, I heard them say worse, far yeah, worse than uh, men's prisons. Look, a girl, a girl's temper can go from one to ten. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Like that. <laughs> and a guy, it takes a lot longer for him to get to that point. I do have a gentleman you could speak to about that who might agree. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's um, but 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 you know, they just they can go off really quickly. And they're very needy. Girls are very, very needy. But why? But why? But why? But why? They can't take no for an answer. Mm. You know, um, they just don't know when to stop. They don't have an off button. Plus, we're talking about specifically, as we just discussed, we're talking about women who are traumatised. Yeah. Mm. And and any trauma victim is going to display a certain behaviour set, right? Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. going to be challenging. They're more, when, when I was in, uh, I was in transport for a long time, so I used to go to Silverwater Women's every day to pick up the girls and I'd strip search them, you know, handcuff them, put them on the truck, take them where they needed Anyone's to go. Anyone's going to be grumpy, by the way, during that process. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, and I suppose just from those small interactions with them, I was like, oh, my God, these girls just don't stop. I can't do it. <laughs> and um, But I tell you what, it was the best career move I ever made, wow. going to work with the women. I'm back working with um, men now. They each bring something different to the table, but I do feel that I got greater satisfaction out of working with the girls. That's interesting. Than the boys. Why? 
Um, I suppose I probably thought I could help them more. Do you think they were more receptive? Yeah. To your talk and mm-hmm. your sort of yeah all, yeah. You, I could relate more, I suppose, as a woman. Mm. You know, maybe male prison officers feel that. With God, I don't know. Mm. But I, I do encourage everyone, you know, if you get that opportunity, go and do it. At the moment, I'm working in a role where I don't have a lot of inmate contact. I'm, I'm actually looking after all the staff, mm. doing rosters and mm. um, all those kinds of things. And I, I love that sort of stuff. Oh, you do? I'm an organiser. Rostering's real hard, isn't it? My mum was a nurse and said rostering was a nightmare. It's, yeah, you know, I mean, when you join this job, you know that you're joining and it's a 24 mm. 7 role. Mm. But you do get some people who they know that when they join, but then, oh, no, I only want to work. Daytime. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, I only want to. I only want to work Monday to Friday. Don't do weekends, I only yeah. want to work on the weekends, and so you've got to manage that, you know. And um, I'm very helpful. I know my staff appreciate how I help them. And you, you said know? earlier that you're equally passionate about helping your staff mm, or yeah. making a difference in mm-hmm. staff's lives. But do you miss the contact with um with the offenders, uh, inmates? I still have it. I just don't have it as much. It's not my everyday mm. role anymore. But I still, you know, see the crooks and talk to them. And, <laughs> yeah, crooks? Yeah. I wasn't sure what to call them. I was like, oh, yeah. offender, offenders? Crooks. Personally, I hate the word offender. Sorry, big pardon. You what, prefer it, crooks? No, no. Well, well offender. I don't know. Do <laughs> when, I don't think they're clients. Years yeah. ago when the department brought the word offender in, like mm. a lot of us were like, are you kidding me? Like really? they're inmates. Oh. And and someone um, who is a, a, a governor now she said to me, um, an offender can be someone in jail or in the community and an inmate is an inmate and that's how you tell the difference. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, yeah, I like that. That's good. Yeah. You yeah, know, inmate yeah. in jail. Yes. Offender can be either or. Yeah, totally. Because the person mm. in the community is the offender. Yeah. yeah. Who might be on parole, who hasn't yep. been caught yet, who who they're looking for, but inmate in jail. We certainly know what an inmate is. Mm. Yeah, for sure. So your role now, what what is it exactly? Um, so I'm called the Functional Manager Purposeful Day. <laughs> purposeful Day. Purposeful Day. I love that. Functional yeah. Manager Purposeful but Day. But it is kind of, it does strike up images of like um, not the office or something. Yeah, you that's know, hilarious. Like people and culture kind of things when you're working. But it makes sense because I guess especially in such an um, environment as prisons, you really do want to have like as good a day as possible. Functional. Yeah. Functional. And it's my job to make sure I've got staff um, in the key roles so that we can give the inmates everything they need. Yeah. My yeah. job is to fill the roster. And yeah. with, with you know, the, the COVID impacts that oh, we've had yeah. of late, um, that's really hard sometimes. Yeah, yeah. how do you cope with COVID? It, did, has it ripped through the system? Oh, massively, <sighs> massively. And my jail is the um, the hub which one's your oh, jail? It's called the Metropolitan Remand and Reception Centre. Oh, okay. you got the Silver Remand. Border. Oh. So we are the um, we're the go to. You got the newbies. They could be bringing anything in. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Tell you what amazes me, um, and I was shocked at how naive I was. I assumed that when drug users come into Remand, they would de- detox because I assumed you wouldn't be able to get mm-hmm. any gear at least for a couple of days. Well, a lot of people know they're coming, so they come stocked up. Yeah, right. Do you get, like, your drug withdrawal treatments in jail? Like your, Yeah, you can do if you want to. If but, you I mean, want it. Yep. when you say people... It's not compulsory. People know they're coming. Like, who, who else is in remand? I thought it was only newbies in remand. But a lot of them know they're coming. They're on the run. Oh. You know, they're waiting to get caught. Um, you've got people who... Oh, are, so they know, the people themselves know they're going to go into remand. A lot do, yeah. So they've got the prison purse. I'm sure it's a surprise for a couple of them. They've got their prison purse. <laughs> they've got their prison purse. Right. Uh, well... By which I mean their anus, <laughs> listeners. Well, or if you're a girl. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I know someone who um, recently finished training 
as a prison officer and um, it was so like decimated by COVID. He's literally doing stuff you wouldn't be doing for, you know, quite a while because they just need staff. So it's like almost a fast track education. And we're lucky that we've been able to have staff deployed to us from country areas to come and help us. So the department's been really good, you know. They put them up in a hotel nearby and, you know, pay for all their uh, expenses. And they basically are just coming into my jail and working 16 hours or 17 hours a day, day after day at the moment. Jeez. So that we can um, get everyone fed and watered and looked after. Well, it's really critical. I mean, you know, we we did an episode with a man who is a social worker who does a lot of work with prison officers and PTSD and just about the fact that the public, we don't see what happens in prison. We see what happens elsewhere. And there's just not enough, I guess, appreciation of the fact that prison officers, um, you know, trying to take care of the prisoners because that's their job. But also the, you know, you're confronted with multiple um, stressful situations in a day that I don't know. I might have one stressful, super stressful thing a year, maybe oh, like right. you and know, probably nothing like like yeah, nothing. You have to be able to. The way I describe it to people is juggle mm. on one foot. Mm. You'd have to have your eyes everywhere. You do, yeah. And that doesn't matter whether you're in a role like I'm in at the moment, or you're the functional manager of an accommodation area. That's what you've got to be able to do. You've got to be able to, to juggle on one leg and. Mm. Keep all your balls up in the air, mm. and literally, someone could die. Yeah, well, that's actually it. if yep. you if you if you're not paying attention, juggling. if you're not switched on, you know, if you're not aware of your surroundings, mm. absolutely. Do you hope to be a, a governor? No. Oh, how come? No. You didn't even have to think about that. Um, to do that role, you've got to be willing to sort of go anywhere at any time. Mm. And I'm at a stage in my life where I, I couldn't do that. I don't want to do that. I've got two dogs and I can't leave them. I love them. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's cute. And three stepchildren. Oh, okay. And, um, sure. That is good. So it's good to know that, isn't they're it? All as, school. Mu- <laughs> as much as you know what you want, it's really good when you know what you don't want. Yeah. Like they're mm-hmm. equally powerful. I would love the money. I would love the money. Faith. But, um, <laughs> oh, that's great. But I'm just I'm just not prepared to yeah. um, be on call 24-7 and yeah. have to go somewhere and possibly for two weeks, three months, a year. I, wow. It's not for me. Coming up on Australian True Crime, New South Wales Corrections Officer Angela Feeney reveals more about life in prison, including the situations in inmates that break her heart. And she gives her assessment on how Michelle and I would go if we were in jail. And I'll give you a hint, one of us would go better than the other. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Angela Feeney, a 27-year veteran of working in corrections in New South Wales, sheds light on life inside prison including the circumstances she's seen on the job that break her heart. Say someone who was just going about their everyday life and, uh, you know, might have run over someone by accident. Yes. Is there much of that? Yeah, there's, there's a bit of it. Those people who, um, yeah, genuinely accidentally I, commit a crime. Yeah. I had a fellow at the last uh, male jail I worked at. He was a middle-aged um, Lebanese guy and um, he had um, killed someone by hitting them. Uh, I don't know whether he hit their car and they died or he ran them over. I just know that's how he came to be in jail. And, you know, he'd never been in jail before. He'd run his own business and mm. um, he so came. So he got like a, a manslaughter or culpable driving yeah, or something of that yeah. nature. And he got a minimum security rating because his sentence wasn't all that long and it was a one-time yeah. offence and um, and he got bashed oh, in no. jail, really badly bashed. And uh, why, I don't know. But So things like that you just think, Gosh, that's mm. awful. That's that's crook. I wouldn't have thought that would happen in minimum security. But Unfortunately, it happens everywhere. I just feel like I wouldn't survive jail, and I've said this to you, I'd need a protector. I'd be so... I don't think I, you'd I don't go know, great. I do think about it sometimes. I'm like, please, Emily, do not do anything. Please, Emily, do not, because I don't think you'd go great. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd just what do you What do you think, Angela? Or something. I don't well, know. she'd find a way. I, maybe I'd You'd have find that's a way. very kind of you to say. You'd find a way. But I don't think so. I think people, when they do come to jail and they've never been and they don't know what to expect, and I think they soon realise that it's fight or flight. Mind you, you know what? She's mm-hmm. she's very handy at admin. Well, so I that think that she, Emily might be one of those ladies that other ladies go, could you, you help me my with letters? my forms? Yeah. Yes. I yeah. do that. Write my and letters. things of that nature. Yeah. I do that. And it becomes apparent very quickly. So I think. Yeah. And that happens in, in male and female jails. Welcome. There's always someone who takes on that nurturing role who helps oh, others. That's you down to the ground. Yeah. Maybe I could teach people how to podcast. Just have to Just put the application all the equipment. in for the equipment. Come on. I feel like things can, you know, obviously there's people who go go in and out, cycling in and out, and who have had terrible starts to life. But, yeah, as you said, there's, stuff can just happen. Mm. Like you can get hooked on drugs, you can have a breakdown, you can do all sorts of You can just desperate. have a husband who's an asshole. Yeah, true. Yeah. And stab him. Well, yeah. that happens. It sure does. Mm-hmm. How do you think I'd go? Be in honest. jail? She'd be, be top dog. No, just don't lead the witness. 
Don't lead the witness. Um, you'd be all right. Oh, you'd be all right. Not top That's dog very though. Uh-huh. I don't need to be top dog, Emily. I just, you know, you'd be fine. How do you think you'd go? Awesome. Mm. Really great. <laughs> like really good. I'm glad you're confident. Yeah, always. That's part of it. As I've learned well, from faith. And yeah, no, well, that's it. You've got to have your um well, you've got to have your don't fuck with me face on. Oh, babes. I've got it for days. Mm. Yeah, that's pro- that's yeah. easy, yeah. Resting bitch face. Yeah. For eight hours. <laughs> um do you have like you know, is there is there, is there friendliness? Is there particularly in, in the women's yeah, in the Absolutely. women's prison. Men and women. Bit of fun around the place. Yeah. You, you know, around with the crooks. smoky eye. Get over here. I'll help yeah. you. You know, I can teach you that kind of stuff. It's, um, yeah, there's definitely friendliness. And you know what? When you go to work and, you know, you're going to be in a wing all day with, you know, however many crooks you're managing. Crooks. Um, you, you, I, I, for me, I know I can decide on my way in, am I having a bad day or am I having a good day? And yeah. Well, that's everyone. When I, I tell used my to, kids that. When I used to crack cells, you know, you crack open, cells. Open the, open the cell door in the morning. Nice, I like that. Um, yeah, good morning. So you crack my cell. I'm all, hey, Ange, Cuppins. you look fab. Yep. And then other days I open the door and they go, fuck you. No, I never would. Yeah. So um, at my last male jail, I used to um, participate in the the let go in the morning and, um, you know, you'd open the door and first thing you got to make sure is that they're alive. <laughs> and some people would be sitting up dressed, ready to, you know, hit the road Start running. the day. And other ones just don't want to get out of bed. And uh, mm. come on, mate, get up. And you've got to encourage them to, you know get up and participate in the structured day, the purposeful day. Mm. So, um, you know, you've got to sort of, you know, put your game face on and come in and mm. we're going to have a good day today and this is what's going to happen, let's go. That's how I always like to approach things is that going with that positive attitude. And But, of course, some days you might go to work and you've had a really bad mm. run on the way into work. The traffic was crap. You've yeah. fought with someone on the way to work or when you got to work. Or you're angry, personal, you got in trouble for something. And, yeah, your personal life's a bit shit. Like mm. everyone has those days, mm. you know. You've got sick parents or you've got, you know, your marriage is breaking down or whatever. Yep. I mean, how do you honestly, do you? Do people, people would go and take it out on the inmates, wouldn't they sometimes? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. But But even, you know, on each other. You know, like yeah. the person that you're working with. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just any workplace. Have you ha- ever had anything that's made you think, yeah, I'm done here, I can't do this job anymore? No. Gosh. I've seen some ugly things where it's made you question humanity. Um, yeah. But as most prison officers learn to compartmentalise and you just have to put certain things that happen out of your mind mm. because if you don't and you let it play over, It'll drive you crazy. But how do you do that? I I don't know. To me, I feel like I could handle the bad people better than I could handle the sad yeah. mm-hmm. stories like we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To know someone's background and just feel yeah. so hopelessly sad for that life that's just irretrievable. Mm. It's look, some some things are really, really sad, but yeah. you you do, you just learn to Put it in its little compartment and shut the door. And, oh, is and that healthy? Don't go back there. I mean, uh, here's another question: Do you have a psychologist, you know, there at work for you guys, for staff? Mm, we have we have um, access to counselling <laughs> if we if we need it. Or if, peer if support. We want it. Yeah, peer support. You. We yeah. have peer support officers in the jails. Yeah. And um, but you know, sometimes you just you don't want to talk. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah no, I don't need to rehash that. Yeah. yeah. Is self um, medication a big thing in your profession? Drinking. After work, together, Friday I, night drinks, all that? 
A lot of officers, funnily enough, don't have anything to do with other officers outside of work. I get that. In saying that, there are a lot of, um, you know, officers who are with officers. Um, mm. You've got multi-generational families working <laughs> in, in corrective services. It's different for every single person. Everyone has their own support network. Like my best friend is a nurse in the jail. We get together outside of work and sometimes we talk about work, sometimes we don't. And I think we go through cycles in our life where you do that all the time mm. and then you, there might be periods where you just, you just don't. Yeah. You don't want anything to do with anyone from work at all. I know myself, I went through a phase where I wanted nothing to do with anyone from work outside of work yeah, yeah. for a while because it just gets too much. Yeah. Or you're oh. having a bad time or a hard time or... Well, you just don't want to talk about work. Yeah, you yeah. just don't want to. Just want to do it, go home. Mm. I just feel really like with meeting both of you, I feel like, yeah, cool, you know, because you do have a perception of the kind of people who become prison officers. I know that's probably a stereotype. Um, but I'm just like, this. it just feels like it, if one of my girls said, yeah, maybe I'm going to be a prison officer mum. I'd be like, yeah, I'd feel kind of okay. My husband mm-hmm. was a cop and he's always like, I don't want either of the girls mm. to be a cop. Mm-hmm. I yeah. never, I just never thought of the opportunities yep. available through it. The well, there's so much now. Yeah. yeah, there's so yeah. much. And let's face it, I mean, you're working with a real diverse bunch of people, the prisoners, so you would never be bored. No. No two days are the same. Yeah. No two days are the same. And we now have, when I first joined, there was no mandatory training apart from first aid. Mm. Now there's um, quite a lot of mandatory training mm. uh, about lots of different things. Um, you know, what to do when a drone flies over the jail, oh, for example. God. You know, you'll do a mandatory course on that, like the, yeah. the policies and the procedures you have to follow. Jeez, it used to be tennis balls was all you had to look out yeah, for. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, tennis <laughs> balls. Over. Now it's a bit of everything. <laughs> and there's so many different avenues you yeah, can go off into. it's very professional. Like it yeah. seems like, you know, obviously you've got, you know, you enter at a certain level and there's big recruiting happening. Yeah, we are this year. We've got massive recruitment going on this year. Huge in Victoria too, yeah. Yeah, but it just it does Because they're building a few extra jails down here. They are, Mm. yeah. Okay. Maybe they've done them already, I don't know. That's what that's what the voters want. It's a big vote winner. More jails. Yeah. Well, I hope they keep them in public hands. Mm. I don't like the idea of jails being privatised. I think I read somewhere that there's the people who own Kentucky Fried Chicken in America also own jails. That's terrifying. I mean, that could be wrong. That it's was like a while ago. But the idea of hospitals being privatised. Yeah, hospitals it's, terrifying. It's I don't think that kind of stuff should be privatised. This is something we like to talk mm. about on this show, which is that when you're voting and politicians are talking about things like scaling back the public service and everyone gets very excited about that, these are people who are in the public service. This is what the public service is. It's people like prison guards and prison wardens and nurses. Nurses yeah. and this is what your tax pays for. So when they talk about lowering your taxes and everyone's very excited about who's going to help them pay less tax, what you get for paying less tax is things like less prison guards, less public servants. And And more privatisation. Yeah. Mm. And so, you know, funding is the responsibility ultimately of us as voters. Mm -hmm. So to say that you don't like this and that about hospitals or about prisons or whatever understand and take responsibility for the fact that when you vote, this is what you're voting for. That's right. Mm. If you've been inspired or surprised by what you've heard about working in a prison and think you might like to know more about a career in corrections, you can go to the website correctiveservices.dcj.newsouthwales.gov.au or the correction department in your state. I might consider a career change myself after talking to Angela. 
If you've been affected by anything discussed in this episode, you can contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. This has been another Smartfella production in conjunction with the Acast Creator Network. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. AdWanted UK is the provider of single-source media data for agencies, media owners, brands and academic institutions. And thanks to our rebranded news offering, called The Media Leader, we can also lead the way in championing excellence and inclusion in the media industry. To find out more, simply visit the-media-leader.com to subscribe to our daily bulletins. The Media Leader from AdWanted UK. As promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. Update for Brisbane Australian True Crime fans. Brisbane is almost fully sold out for our live show. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so, you know, we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian true crime live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today, and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out.